Small City Life is a series of podcasts produced in collaboration with the St Albans and Harpenden Review. Here's Marissa Laycock. Aylet's Dahlia Field and Celebration Garden. The scent of damp earth underfoot permeates the air. I step into this spectacular garden and am immediately presented with a sea of dazzling dahlias in every colour you could imagine. The sky is overcast, but the quiet dull clouds overhead only enhance the startling colours. The dahlias have been neatly arranged in rows, displaying 60 dahlia plant varieties in total. It's fascinating, how can one species of flower offer so many rich forms of colour and size? From perfectly spherical pom-poms, flushed in powder pink, to robust star-shaped Arabian nights of the deepest burgundy. Everywhere I look, dahlias flower prolifically. Resilient thick petals unfurl in every shade imaginable, some reaching over 10 inches in diameter. I walk up and down in between the rows, my head spinning with every shade of lemon, ivory and peachy pinks to dazzling darker tones of fuchsias and purples. Countless elaborate names like Irish Glow, Ms. Kennedy and Glory Van Heemstead match their glamorous ruffles. I stop and stare at a dahlia with a collarette. It almost looks as if it has been artificially embellished in this way to create a wow factor and would make the perfect red taffeta dress finished in frills and lace. Fashion designers are endlessly inspired by the intricacies of such floral colours textures, shapes and forms. The history of the dahlia dates from Aztec times and to this day it remains the national flower of Mexico. The first seeds were sent to Spain in the 18th century and eventually to England. It was considered to be an exotic flower. Dahlias have the longest bloom season of any other garden flower. They flower prolifically, thriving in the sunlight and need plenty of room to develop and need to be sheltered from strong winds. I'm relieved that they've survived the recent blazing heat we had in early August. Now in its fourth year, Aylet's famous homegrown dahlia field and celebration garden were originally created to celebrate its 60th year of business back in 2015. Open from June to December every year, it has become part of the National Garden Scheme with over 60 species of dahlias putting on a show. I'd never realised that Aylets have been growing and nurturing dahlias for the past 60 years and unsurprisingly over the years have won over 50 gold Royal Horticultural Society medals. I wander deeper along the grassy path and wind my way through this beautiful celebration garden with mixed borders packed with shrubs, perennials, herbaceous plants and wildflowers. A mix of contrasting colour upon colour awakens my senses. A spectacle of shapes and harmonious colour combinations. Ornamental grasses enhance the floral spectacle, adding a sense of lushness and movement. I stand beside a giant purple thistle, rugged, textured and tough. It's so tall that it towers right over me. It has a strong presence and nothing's going to stop this thriving species from bursting into life. This beautifully complex garden plan has been designed by Mrs. Aylet. I can imagine all of the hard work that has gone into this stunning space that has been so expertly cultivated. It is a labour of love, a gift to our community, where all are welcome to linger on a bench or come and have a picnic.
Arranging plants in a harmonious and ordered way is an art form following on from the traditional Renaissance and later Elizabethan gardens, and by the 17th century the flower garden was already established here in England. Characteristics included tea houses and small bridges. This led to the informality of the quintessentially English cottage garden, with its richly scented and jumbled charm, dense with flowers, herbs and fruit trees. Stepping into any garden twice is never the same experience. The seasons march on in a sophisticated dance. We gain sustenance from nature's continual regeneration. Gardens allow us to connect with a physical space, taking us out of our mental self-absorption, and yet it is not merely a distraction, but depicts a seasonal narrative of which we are a part. Gardens have always been a place of refuge, shelter and repose. In her book, Life in the Garden, part memoir, part exploration of literary gardens, Penelope Lively expresses her abiding astonishment at the fury for growth and the tenacity of plant life at the unstoppable dictation of the seasons. And she contemplates their resonance, the power of smell, their ability to summon up another time, another place. How remote from the city I feel. I have enjoyed my solitary stroll in this hidden garden. It has been a refuge, a delight in colour, form and scent. It is so beautifully designed that I have not daydreamed or engaged in idle thoughts for a single moment. The best gardens have an oniric quality to them, which capture us on some subliminal level and engage us with a world that extends beyond itself. Such gardens do not distract us in a superficial way, but lift our mood, evoke memories, make us feel part of a planet and of that seasonal regeneration of which we are an inherent part, a narrative that supports us and carries on and on. Small City Life is a series of podcasts produced in association with the St Albans and Harpenden Review. To find more of our podcasts, go to radioverulam.com. And if you'd like to support our podcasts, please go to radioverulam.com slash donate. Thank you.